Hello everybody, Gary Stuckey here. I'm excited and ready to go and tell you all about the brand new interview I've got right here on Real Music. It's with a drummer from the Yardbirds. Jim McCarty is here talking about his brand new book and his career. And you know, he's been playing with those guys since 1963. He's the only original member of the band. And you know, he's played with some guys you might know Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton and Jimmy Page. You know those guys? I think you might. Yeah, we're going to have fun today talking about all kinds of stuff. And I could check it off my bucket list because I'm talking to the one and only Jim McCarty of the Yardbirds. So here we go. Here's Jim. Hello, this is Gary. Oh, hi, Gary. It's Jim McCarty calling you. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good? All right. Yeah. I think I've spoken to you before. Your name rings the bell. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe because I'm so famous, maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Yes, you have I've never played for the Yardbirds or anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> but. You know, I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express one time, so, you know, it's even. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm trying. Let's just say that. All right. Uh, so here we go. Um, so you're doing okay. How is, I guess, are you calling from, are you in France? Is that where you're calling from? Yes, I'm living in France. Yeah. All right. My, I think my great, let's say my great great grandmother was from France. My grandma's grandmother came to America from France. That's. Oh, okay. So yes. I, I was trying to remember, uh, but I can't remember. You know, and I, I know that uh, you know I got a few other ancestors from over there. I just have to do all the research and all that stuff. But. Uh, yes. But uh, so you're still drumming with the Yardbirds after all these years. So how, why did you decide yeah. to do that? Why why did you say I'm I'm going to keep playing with the Yardbirds after you know uh, these years? Well, I I still enjoy it. I still enjoy playing. Um, I t I still think it's a very strong repertoire. Um, and people people love it. You know, <laughs> right. Um. But I, I I don't just do that. I mean, I like my own. I like to write my own songs and you know sing and uh, do my own projects. But um, you know, I, I I still like to play from time to time with the band. Have Have y'all been playing uh, anywhere uh, lately since the pandemic? Well, no, we haven't played. But we were going to be coming in uh, October. And then it got cancelled. So we're we're not playing until April next year. Okay. Yes, but we're coming and doing the Flower Power cruise, which we've done twice already. All right. Which is always good fun. And um, then we're playing some dates, uh, you know, up the East Coast. Awesome. Um, so how did you start playing drums way back in the day? I know it's been a while, can you? <laughs> Yeah. Think about those days. <laughs> yes. Well, I, well, I, I, yeah, I'm lucky. I seem to have the ability to remember. So, uh, the brain cells are 
and still working. There you go. Um, I started in the thing called the Boys Brigade. It was a sort of semi-military type of organization for, for young uh, men, you know. Right. And uh, I was in the military band. And I used to play the I used to play the snare drum. Cool. And we used to we used to do sort of marching, you know. We, we it was sort of a marching uh, type of thing. And uh, you know, I, I guess you have drum and bugle, don't you? Drum and bugle bands. Right. It, it was that sort of thing. And I I was I was found I was quite good at it, and I become the. I became the solo drummer. Awesome. And so I used to make up what I played, and then everyone used to follow what I played. <laughs> it was fun. And then from there, I got into listening to... I always loved drums. And, uh, of course, I always listened to, you know, a lot of jazz and stuff, but I got into listening to um, early American rock and roll, by Buddy Holly and the Ebley Brothers and all those people. Um, and then um, we had a group at school playing that sort of music, and we used to play in the school dances in the intervals, you know, and everyone used to go mad and jump around um, to uh, to us playing compared to the dance band. <laughs> <laughs> and then we used to play in local shows around in local local sort of pubs around uh, near our school. And then it was a couple of years later that we we gradually uh, we all met up uh, the, the members of the first Yardbird lineup. Uh, it was in Southwest London, and we used to go to uh, a certain pub in a place called Kingston, which was by the River Thames in Southwest London, and we used to all hang out there and we used to meet you know meet each other. And um, to cut a long story short, we all we all you know founded the Yardbirds uh, with um, uh, Paul Samuel Smith, who was at school with me uh, originally at high school, and we were always very very um, you know close friends. Right. Paul and Keith Ralph and Chris Dreyer and the original guitar player was Top Topham. So, uh, so what exactly is a yardbird? How did you come up? How did they come up with the name yardbird? Well, Keith came up with the name, and he found it in a. Uh, I think maybe it was on on the road by Jack Kerouac, uh, and the yardbirds were were people that just hung out in the rail yards. Uh, they were basically tramps, but, you know, hobos. And they used to travel across America on on the steam trains. Um, that was their way of transport. You know, they used to sort of bum lift in the in the cargo uh, areas, you know, um, and and travel around. I mean, it was quite a sounds quite romantic, but it's yeah. probably quite tough. You know? <laughs> and yeah, uh, it yeah. was a you know far far away from from, from us. You know, we were just uh, suburban. Suburban kids living near London, you know, that love that love that sort of bluesy music. And and what kind of uh, influences? I know you're talking about the blues and things like that. What were some of your uh, influences? Well, we we were really 
enamoured by all the the R and B. We called it R and B then, um, uh, but it, it becomes something else now. Um, uh, enamoured by the blues music that was coming out of uh, America, mainly Chicago, you know, um, Howling Wolf and BB, uh, you know, BB King, Muddy Waters, Bodley, uh, and Chucker, and all that stuff. But we, it all seemed to, to hit the the underground uh, in, in London at about the same time, and, we, and uh, the same sort of records came in and became sort of quite popular. And uh, the Rolling Stones also were playing that sort of stuff. Uh, actually, they were playing, they played it before we did. And we used to go and see them. And um, we used to think, what well, is this fantastic music? It was like a, it was like rock and roll, but it had another dimension to it. You know, it had a sort of an emotion to it. Right. And uh, so the band's going strong. When did you realize that the band was really taking off? Um, well, we, we, we were quite, it was quite fast. I mean, we, we, uh, we, we took, a, uh, I think, our first real big break was when we took over the residency for the Rolling Stones um, in a club they played in Richmond, uh, in Surrey, just outside London, called the Crawdaddy Club. And we got their uh, we got their gig sort of thing when they became too big for the club. They used to play every every Sunday night. But we got their gig, and um, it sort of built up from there. Um, we gradually built up a following. Well, gradually, quite quickly, built up a following, and then it took us a little while before we settled on on the on the right hit record for us, because we tried various songs that, that were, were, were sort of in our style, but they weren't really. They never came off. They were never quite commercial enough. So, uh, and then okay. go on. Yeah, I was going to say, what was what was the uh... During that time, you know, you, you probably had a lot of uh, big, you know, a lot of good memories that really stand out at that time. What, what was what was one of those, the biggest memories when y'all were making? Uh, well, a, a good a good memory for me is we we hadn't had a hit record, and we were playing. Uh, we you know we used to play in Richmond, which was southwest London, and uh, the Beatles always had a Christmas show, and uh, they happened to have their Christmas show. Um, at a place called Hammersmith, uh, uh, with, uh, at a cinema called Hammersmith Odeon, which became uh, Hammersmith Apollo a bit later. And um, we, we, uh, we were sort of signed up to play on, their, on the bill. Um, most of the other groups were, were Brian Epstein managed bands, you know, like um, Sounds Incorporated and, uh, and bands like that. Um, but we were, you know, we were the odd one out, and we we played uh, before the Beatles. We played, and uh, you know that was that was uh, that was sort of a great memory for for me. That playing with the Beatles, because you, you you couldn't hear them. You know, everybody was just screaming. Nobody heard what they played or anything. Right. But it, it, so, it's a good experience, right? I, I, yeah, they could have been singing anything, like you know, and then <laughs> wouldn't have mattered. You well, know. that's right. Well, John Lennon, in fact, used to mess around, and uh, 
you know, he'd play, if you stood at the back of the stage, you could hear what he was playing, and he was obviously, uh, you know, just playing any old, any old chords, and right. <laughs> just <laughs> sort of silly, silly lyrics, like, you know, um, right. Babies in Black Blackpool or something like that. That's, that's funny. Wow. Um, and in the Yardbirds, though, such an awesome band, you know, and, and, and it's cool to listen to uh, the, all the songs, you know, and um, and but the history of the band. I mean, I know there's uh, Eric Clapton was in the band, and Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, and and uh, so I guess Eric Clapton was in there first. How did he come along? Well, Eric Clapton came, uh, we originally had a guy called Top Topham who was much younger than everyone else. Well, I, I say much, you know, maybe a, a year or two younger, uh, which was at that time, you know, I think he was about 16 or something. And um, he, he was studying art. He was a, a good artist. And he was, they were all, you know, most of the band, apart from me and Paul, came from art school. And they were all studying art, and um, they were quite good artists. But Top was particularly good, and um, his father was an artist, and his father didn't really want him to waste that, you know, by being in a band. So uh, his parents put pressure on him to leave the band, and he left. And um, so uh, Eric Clapton came forward, who was actually a the same art school as the, as the other guys, as Keith and Chris. And um, so he got the job, you know, and he was he, he was obviously destined for for the big time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Uh, and, and of course, uh, Jeff Beck was in there, and uh, so, yeah. so how did Eric uh, leave the band? Well, Eric left when we when we got our first hit. There was actually um, a publisher at the Beatles Christmas show who was uh, who had a demo disc of, of the song "For Your Love," and he saw us playing and he thought "For Your Love" was uh, was good for us. It, it sort of had a tempo change in the middle of it, and it was like quite a moody song. And he suggested it to Giorgio, our manager. And we all thought it was great, um, apart from Eric, who, you know, he didn't like it because it wasn't really a blues song. Right. So he, he decided to leave, but he had, a, you know, a few political uh, problems with the band anyway. And um, it, it didn't, you know, it, it sort of run the course. And then we tried to get Jimmy Page in at that time. And... Uh, um, Jimmy was too busy playing studio sessions um, and suggested Jeff, who, who was his understudy. Jeff was a friend of his. He used to do sessions when Jimmy couldn't. So uh, Jeff joined. Of course, Jeff was great. You know, he was, uh, you know, he, play, he played different to Eric. He, played, he, was, he had much more variety, played a wider style. And... Um, uh, and so we went from there and built up what was, you know, considered the Yardbird sound, which was uh, like, you know, quite uh, lots of feedback and lots of funny noises and 
what what they would call psychedelic, I guess, you know. Right. What wasn't uh I think I was reading that the the song uh, your song Shapes of Things was that the first official psychedelic song? Uh well you know I, psychedelic really came from somewhere else so we 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 were just uh doing our thing uh and that was very much uh you know that guitar solo in in that song that was very much Jeff's sort of thing you know that's what he did he did the feedback and a fantastic sound and very sort of futuristic and um uh you know so some people think that's an, you know one of the first psychedelic records and but it's really a label that was put on by other people you know we yeah. we we were just having fun right and uh just thinking about you know all those, it, it looked like a you had a great time, you know, jamming and, and everything like that. And I, I was just watching a video of you jamming on the song um, "Heart Full of Soul," you know. And I, I was looking at the there was like the uh, black and white version, I think, with Jeff Beck, and then uh, the the colorized version with the psychedelic looking uh, video, you know, with uh, Jimmy Page. And oh yes, I know, I know that one. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, do you remember making those little videos and and, and in, uh, well, they were the done. Art. I think they were done for TV shows, right? Um, and that's the way they they saw them. You know, that's the way they were directed. I guess that um, they tried to keep in with the spirit of the, what was going on. <laughs> right, right. Uh, um, yeah. So it, we we had nothing to do with it. We, we we just we just played the song, and they 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 did their sort of direction on it. You know, and made made it what it was. And uh, do you ever find yourself like watching these old uh, videos of shows that you're on or, or something like that and go, those yeah, are the days? Some, yeah, some, <laughs> sometimes. It's usually my friends, actually. <laughs> they say, oh, we're just watching this with you in it, so I, I get pulled into it. Um, yeah, some of them are quite good and some of them are a bit, you know, a little bit dated. Yeah. And uh, so... So you're having fun with the Yardbirds, you know, and 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 then the band breaks up. So how did the band come to an end? Well, it came to an end um, really because we were we were um, we changed our lineup. Jeff had left; it was too much for him. We just had the four piece uh, with Jimmy Page. Um, and we were just playing all the time, you know, we were on, on the road the whole time. And everything was based on your next hit single. Um, it was different sort of uh, um, market at that time, you know, everyone was li- everyone was living on their, their single. Uh, and there was no sort of album thing going on. Um, and we got so sort of tired in the end, we, we we thought, well, it's not really going anywhere now. We weren't really producing any great singles anymore. We weren't writing writing good songs together. We were sort of a bit, uh, you know, maybe a bit too tired. Um, and it and it sort of, you know, it ran its course. And we decided to Keith and I decided to leave, and Jimmy. Page went on with the idea, and uh, he sort of morphed it into Led Zeppelin. 
that's a pretty cool story. Yeah, yeah that I, I think they made it right. Didn't they kind of make it a little bit after that? <laughs> they <did. laughs> they kind of got famous when they were when they were lucky with the timing because uh, suddenly the the market changed and uh, people weren't making singles so much. Uh, they you know the bands were making albums. Um, and I don't think the Zeppelin needed to make a single, first of all. They just did, the, you know, did a whole string of albums, uh, which all did very well. And uh, uh, so it, it was quite different. And, and the market um, expanded, too. It got, got much bigger. So what did you do during that time? So after the Yardbirds, what, what, what did you do? After well, after the Yardbirds, Keith and I formed uh, Renaissance. Uh, which was a totally different band, um, which was based more on the keyboard. So the keyboards, and, and it was like, uh, almost like became one of the first prog, prog bands, you know, progressive rock bands, um, because we were bringing in uh, uh, classical music into our, into our songs. And um, it was quite different. And, uh, you know, it wasn't so successful with the albums, but we, we we did a couple of albums that did pretty well. Awesome. And uh, of course, uh, Keith died in an accident, right? He was somehow was electrocuted. Yes, he died in the mid seventies. In the he was electrocuted, plugging um, in his guitar through through a a, a, a Moog synthesizer. And he got a got an electric shock, and he killed him. You know, it was very tragic. Was there like some kind of wiring issue? I mean, for that to happen? Yes, I think so. I don't, I don't think he had proper plugs. You know, he didn't. He just stuck the wires in the holes. You know, with matchsticks um, or something like that. He didn't. He didn't put a proper plug on. Oh. Uh, uh, his equipment and uh, yeah, I think there was a short. Wow. And uh, it, it, it's a, it, it's always a big mystery what what really happened to him. You know? Yeah. I, that I, way, it's just just the telephone. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> there's there's the alarm. It's just time to get up. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can come. Yeah. You're not. Are you? Uh, is that in fact? This is not for radio, is it? It sounds like a f feedback or something. Yeah, it's just stop in a minute, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all good. I'm I'm not going to complain since I'm talking to the drummer for the Yardbirds. <laughs> you, you, can, you can't, I, I find you can't argue with a drummer from the Yardbirds. You ever use that? You go, you, you're trying to get into a place and, and they say no and you say, but I'm the drum, I'm, you know, I'm the drummer for the Yardbirds. Oh, okay, come on in. <laughs> I mean, it works for me. Yeah. <laughs> I have heard that, but I must remember it. <laughs> I mean, it's got to, you know, put it on a card, you know. I'm the drummer for the Yardbirds. Leave me alone. Yes, I should wear it on my, I should pin it on my chest. <laughs> there you go, see, there you go. Um, so the, so you were, uh, you just decided to, uh, to get the band going again, I guess, but was this before or after the, uh, I know you all were inducted into the, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1992. Was that about the time you started to uh, get the band going? Yeah, it was, 
it was a couple of years after that, yeah, that we, we uh, it just sort of happened, you know, just spontaneously, really. I was, I was playing in a band and we were playing in a pub in London called the Station Tavern and it was like playing blues, or they wanted blues band every night. And so I was playing in a sort of a, you know, blues band and uh doing blues covers and then um it just it just went from there and uh uh some agent in in lancashire was it was already uh um the agent for the animals and the animals were working around and doing tours and he said oh you know do you want to put the yardbirds back together so you know we thought we'd have a go me and chris Treyer. So we went from there, and it's been sort of going ever since. And, and you're the only original member, so... so you're yes, I'm continue. the only original now. Uh, Chris, Chris Breyer dropped out. He, he had some health problems. He had some strokes, and uh, he, he couldn't really travel or, or play anymore, so uh, there's only me. So do you ever talk to the, all the other guys that have been in the band over the years? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, we, yeah, we sometimes we chat. Uh, we we worked with Jimmy Page sort of vaguely recently. A few years ago, we, we brought out an old uh, live album that never really got out in the day. And uh, it was remastered by Jimmy. And, uh, you know, that, that that's done quite well. There's been a lot of interest around that just before the Zeppelin, you know. Right. And uh, I want to talk about the, uh, you got a new book out, right? So yes. can you tell me about that? Well, I've done two books. Yes, I've done one called Nobody Told Me, which is basically my autobiography um, a few years ago um, with another writer called Dave Thompson, who's an English guy living in the States. And... Uh, uh, we got on very well, and Dave's done a whole load of, you know, rock books about lots of rock people, and uh, uh, we got on well, and um, the book's done pretty well, you know, and um, uh, uh, I think that was about three years ago, um, and, and then last year, uh, everything was going fine, and then my wife got ill, and she actually died yeah. um, <clears throat> last summer. Sorry to hear that. I'm sorry. And, uh, so I, I, I was looking into, I was trying to uh, look into, you know, what had really happened to her. Either. Right. And so I, I, I did some courses, um, you know, with mediums and um, uh, various, uh, you know, near-death experience studies and all that. And um, it was very interesting. I managed to, you know, communicate with her, and it's, it's, it's been quite an interesting journey. Um, because it was obviously quite a blow. I mean, I was, you know, I was 18 years older than her, um, and she, she, you know, I was expected I was going to die first, and then, uh, and then she passed. But, but we've we've had sort of a quite an interesting. <laughs> interesting uh, time you know communicating and, and i've really gone into all that stuff uh, <clears throat> and put it down and also you know gone back to all my um 
from my experiences with the paranormal that I've had, you know, while I was in the band and all that. Um, so it, it, it's a, it's slightly different, but I, I did that with Dave Thompson too, and uh, I didn't think Dave was going to be interested in being a, you know, a real rock writer, but he said, he jumped on it and said, oh. "Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be great." Wow. So so what does that happen a lot? So how often do you you know? use mediums and, and talk to uh, try to contact? Well, it's sort of ongoing. You know, I've been doing investigating and doing a lot of uh, look, looking into all that stuff. It's a whole new thing for me. Uh, you know, I'm, I was suddenly faced with a, quite a big big thing to look at. And uh, um, I thought, well, there has, to be, there has to be something more than just... Uh, uh, going away you know and yeah. that's it <laughs> yeah definitely so um, you know I, ma- I managed to to make contact and it, it's been quite quite remarkable you know the whole the whole journey uh, some of the things that have happened have been uh, uh, you know quite amazing really um, you know a, a revelation I would say <laughs> yeah and I, I guess that gives you some comfort too you know well, yes, right. it's, uh, yes, it's, uh, exactly. It's really, uh, it's really helped me in in the grieving process. Um, the fact that I know she is around, and uh, you know, she's definitely, she's definitely around. And in fact, you know, now I know that we we're all we're all eternal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're not we're not going to just finish, die, and finish. We're all going to go on. That's, so I know that. It. And, uh, and we're all connected. So, yeah, I wanted to write about it. Uh, it's, it's it's quite unusual, you know, for someone in the rock in a rock band to do that. But um, I, I was motivated very strongly to do it. Well, have you been on any uh, like TV shows? You know, talking about it. I know there's some TV shows that kind of go along with with uh, you know. Those kind of like mediums and things like that, and talking to people. No, but I've got one coming up actually today. Oh, okay, I've got one. Yes, I've got one with with um, a woman called Suzanne Giesman, who, who I, I studied and I, I've had a session with, who's a medium in um, in the state, and uh, she, she's very good. And she she was formerly in the U.S. Navy. She was an officer in the U.S. Navy um, under George when George Bush was the president. Okay. And she lost her she lost her stepdaughter in uh, Iraq. It was actually she was actually hit by lightning and she died. Oh. And, um, you know when she was on, on in service in Iraq and. Um, she suddenly became, Suzanne suddenly decided she wanted to become a medium. So uh, she's got a radio show um, which she's going to uh, put on YouTube, you know, a Zoom, uh, a Zoom uh, interview, which is coming up to today uh, after you. Oh, wow. Well, I, w- I won't keep you, but uh, yeah, that, but that's, that's, a, that's a cool story. That's, uh, that's, that sounds interesting. Yeah. I have to check that out. It, uh, yeah, it's actually um, a program called Messages of Hope. Um, you know, for, for similar people that have lost, uh, you know, their loved ones. Um, 
So, you know, people like me would talk about their experiences and, and you know, give hope to somebody. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh, and the name of the book is called She Walks in Beauty, right? So that everybody can check yeah. out that. Yeah. But that's, but that's from a Lord Byron uh, poem, She Walks in Beauty Like the Night. Um, I just thought it was very apt. I thought it was a nice title uh, which suited, you know, suited my wife. Yeah, that is, an, that is nice. That's a... It's fitting, I guess, for the for your wife and the yeah. memories you have. I'm sure, right? Yeah, but she, I think she does walk in beauty now. You know, I'm I'm, I'm assured of that. Well, that's awesome. Uh, well, I appreciate you talking to me today. I won't keep you, but I, you know, but once again, remember, use the Yardbirds card. I'm the dr- <laughs> the drummer for Yardbirds. <laughs> okay. You know, and if that doesn't work, say you know. Just say Jimmy Page. Just say the name Jimmy Page. <laughs> and, <that's all. laughs> and then, see, <laughs> and it should work out for you. That's, uh, you know, I mean, that's it. You know, don't have to say nothing else. Just say Jimmy. Oh, oh. All right, Garrett. Uh, thank you, Jim. Okay. Thank you, Jim, for uh, right. for hanging out thank with you. me. Yeah. Have a lovely day. All right, you too. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye. bye.